This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Let's talk football. Thanks to Athletic Greens and Bet Online for helping sponsor this very fine podcast. I do say so myself. Hopefully, everybody is doing well. Greg, we have a lot to get to, my friend. Of course, everybody is talking about the offensive coordinator position, and we have some news today. We're, we're taping this on Wednesday, uh, early afternoon for you, uh, mid morning for me. And the Patriots have requested permission to speak with Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McArdle, a, a blast from the past. I had him on a couple of fantasy teams back in the day. He was awesome for me. Lots of production. <laughs> um, Keenan is Keenan is part of a growing list, Greg. Just kind of give people a general overview first on Keenan, how he fits in, and, and also just this list and what it might look like right now. Okay, so the latest reports from NFL Network is that um, – and now I just clicked on their link, and of course it's freaking uh, there. It's mangled, but I think I think <laughs> NFL Network is reporting Keenan McCardell and also Nick Cayley will be inter- interviewed, and also Bill O'Brien. Nick Cayley is scheduled. Keenan McCardell is uh, requested, and Bill O'Brien is looming there. Um, you know, as far as McCardell. Uh, he played for Belichick in Cleveland. He's been a wide receivers coach uh, with the Jaguars for you know a while. The team that he played with and and sort of uh, rose to fame. So you know, Kaylee is interviewing for the job today. Here, here's my quickie thought on all three of those names. Um, this could be the extent of it. I mean, if you're if you're Bill Belichick. Like, and you want to hire Bill O'Brien, and there are certainly strong reports about that, including from Tommy Kern, you know, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, it, it could be done. I mean, he, Kaylee has interviewed for the Jets' offensive coordinator job. So it would look, it would be a bad look if, I mean, it's just a bad look in general if he's getting an interview with the Jets, but he's not getting one with his own team. And right. uh, I certainly have thoughts on, on Kaylee that we'll get to. Uh, Keenan would represent, uh, satisfying the Rooney rule, uh, which you need to, for, for a coordinator position, you need to interview at least one outside minority candidate. And, you know, of course, Bill O'Brien's the leader in the clubhouse. Could there be more names? Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, Keenan is interesting because, you know, I, I, looking at some of the, the lists and there's a leadership, um, sort of a leadership council in the NFL that puts out uh, minority candidates, like guys that should be uh, on teams lists. Um, I did not see him on there. He's only, he was a wide receiver. Like I said, he played for Belichick, played for a bunch of teams. Uh, He has been a wide receivers coach at the NFL Redskins, Maryland, uh, the Jaguars, and now the Vikings. Um, You know, to me, if, if I had to guess, and I don't know, I mean, he, he doesn't have anything that screams offensive coordinator candidate. Uh, this could be Belichick doing a solid for one of his former players, sort of um, getting their name out there, which that kind of stuff goes on a lot in these things, uh, doing favors for agents, doing favors for former players. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe Bill knows something about uh, Keenan McCardell that, you know, we don't know or other teams you know, haven't seen yet, but um, at least in the middle of the week, it's now Wednesday. The Patriots are finally getting going on this. 
Um, you know, like I said, they could be done. They, they, if they get McCardle in here, they've interviewed Kaylee. If they reach some consensus with Bill O'Brien, they can move forward at that point in time. And we'll have to see how all that goes. All right, let's talk about Bill O'Brien. As you mentioned, our friend Tommy Curran uh, has the Patriots strongly linked with B.O.B., um, you know, saying that he's pretty much the target here. What are you hearing in your conversations with people about Bill O'Brien being the next offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, look, I have, um, you know, Tom's a good reporter. He's right on a lot of this stuff. Uh, I'm just, you know, he he is obviously hearing this um, from influential people. Um, so credit to him. I, I just don't have the type, same type of information that's as strong. I mean, I hear that, um, and things can change very quickly. But the last I heard over the last couple of days that um, I don't know if Bill O'Brien's all that keen on this opening. I think he has a lot of, uh, I think he would have a lot of questions and it would be logical as far as um, coaching alignment. What's that look like? Who's, who's on his staff? Is Bill going to say like X, Y, Z need to be on their, on your staff? Matt Patricia is going to coach the offensive line. Joe Judge is going to coach quarterbacks. That's how it looks. And uh, does O'Brien have any uh, input as far as personnel going forward? Um, changes there, or is he sort of saddled with the roster? And and Bill says, like, look, this is these are going to be our priorities in free agency. Um, you know, we'll give you uh, X and Y, but you know, we're going to do more on defense or special teams or what have you. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I think that O'Brien needs to be sold on the Patriots, that this is a good position for him. There's a lot of things going for the Patriots, but I think there are a lot of question marks about what they look like offensively going forward. And if you're Bill O'Brien, I think part of that landscape is, all right, so what's the deal with Mayo now? Is he the successor in waiting? Um, so well, what's the point in me coming to the Patriots? Is it, you know, I... I want my next job. I mean, my my whole point of this largely is to get my family settled and back together. My understanding is that they lived in his family lived back in Houston and he was at Alabama. That's not good for anybody, as I'm sure people would understand. So now it's like, you know, we want to have more of a home base and is coming to the Patriots for two or three years and then working under Gerard Mayo. If, if does O'Brien have a shot at the head job or not? If he doesn't, then wouldn't you think about working someplace else? So there are a lot of dynamics going on. The bottom line is, like, I just don't know how solid uh, O'Brien is on this. He could, Curran could be knocking this out of the park. I don't know. And it could be, it's, you know, almost imminent that he's going to be offensive coordinator. I hope that's the case. I think that's the best case scenario for all involved. You know, Mac Jones, the offense, Bill, Bill Belichick himself, but, and the Crafts. But is that reality? I don't know. Yeah, there's just so many questions, and, and we never got to it last week about the Mayo thing. I wanted to ask you, uh, I don't think we got to it, how much the Mayo story would impact somebody like Bill O'Brien, who obviously has his eyes keen on another opportunity to be the head coach in, in the NFL somewhere. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see how that, those power dynamics come together over the next few days it's a no brainer that Bill O'Brien should be the guy. I think all of us agree on that. He, he checks pretty much every single box. The other question, like if, if I'm, if I'm Belichick and, and Kraft, 
Does it matter if Bill O'Brien is here for a year or two? Do you want somebody who might be here for two years, three years, four years, or you just want to get this thing settled right now? I, I think there has to be urgency because of Mac Jones walking into his third year. I mean, we're, we're starting to get close to that. Do we pick up his fifth year option or not? And we're starting right. to get close, Greg, to trying to figure out whether or not this guy is your legitimate franchise quarterback. So I said this last offseason. The, the biggest thing right now, the number one priority for this football team is to figure out Mac Jones. And, you know, is Mac Jones going to be your guy? The biggest thing last offseason was supporting him in the right way to put him in a position to prove that he could be the franchise guy. The Patriots fumbled that. We all saw it. Belichick has admitted it behind closed doors, which is why we are where we are right now. Now the priority of this offseason is to structure your offense in the right way as quickly as possible so you can get to work to make sure you give Mac Jones the best opportunity to prove to you that he is the franchise quarterback moving forward. So Bill O'Brien to me is, is the clear number one guy who can help you get to that point. It's just whether or not O'Brien's going to care. Will I get a shot at head coach? Do I just want to go back home for a couple of years with the family and kind of settle my stuff and, and then, you know, look for jobs that's going to be up to Bill O'Brien. The million dollar question, of course, is if Bill O'Brien, as as Tommy is is reporting, is is the guy and it feels almost imminent, as you just said, what happens if B.O.B. says no thanks to B.B.? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's what I just don't know. I mean, it, it, Here's the thing. And first, let me say this, because um, I already hear myself and I can and I heard Felger after I left yesterday um, that, look, uh, I have sources that I need to protect. So on some of this stuff, you might hear me hemming and hawing as far as like how I'm explaining things. Like it's not because I can't speak. It's (laughs) because I'm trying to figure out on the fly how much information and, you know, because I have I have sources to protect and things like that. And there's some things I can report. There's some things I can't report. Um, you know, so I just want people to know that including, you know, Michael Fogger, you know, some of us actually have information, um, uh, to give and not just opinion. And so, you know, I'm trying to couch this as, as much as possible. So it's not streamlined or anything like that. Um, I, I think that, uh, that's 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 sort of like the real fear of like what happens if it's not O'Brien like if you know and from what I understand my understanding about Nick Cayley who I think uh people that know him think that he I wouldn't say he definitely has offensive coordinator potential uh but it's sort of like an unknown factor uh with him like there's a lot unknown about how how much like how would he deal with quarterbacks and things like that? I think there's a lot of unknown. I do think Nick is really smart and a promising, uh, you know, coaching candidate going forward. But is he ready for that? Is he prepared for that? Does he have enough varied experience for an offensive coordinator? I, I'm not sure. And that's probably part of the reason why Bill, a small part. I mean, I think a lot of it had to be with it had to do with Kaylee's contract status and, you know, um, you know, maybe Kaylee wanted the offensive coordinator title straight out. And Bill's like, I don't, you've barely even touched the quarterback so far. How do I know whether you're offensive coordinator or not? You need to prove yourself just like Brian Flores did, or, you know, whoever else didn't have a title, you know, Matt Patricia didn't have the title for a long time, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think there are some 
questions about Nick and, you know, there's a lot of promise, but, you know, not, you know, there's not a defined sort of picture of him as a coach going forward. So if, it, if it's not O'Brien, if it's not Kaylee, you know, then what do they do? Now we're talking about Bill Belichick possibly going completely outside the family which he's never done in his entire career. Like he, he just doesn't do it. I mean, basically he hires guys straight out of college, trains them, brings them up the right way. Very rarely have they brought in even assistant positional coaches from other NFL teams. Like the only guys that come to my mind are Brendan, da- uh, Brendan Daly, um, who was a defensive line coach here left after a couple of years to go to the chiefs where he still is. For basically, this, or I think he went to the Vikings and now he's at the Chiefs. Or No, he came from the Vikings. And also uh, Dave DeGuglielmo, who was an offensive line coach who only lasted two years here. Um, so those things didn't go well. Bill, I mean, even you look back to Dean Peace. Dean Peace came from being a college NFL head coach. He hadn't been in the NFL, or at least not very long, before he became came here and was eventually defensive coordinator. He rose through the ranks. So if, if Bill goes completely outside the – the family and we're talking like anybody that you're keen on whether it's you know Zach Robinson from the Rams or you know any offensive coordinator sort of du jour that you want to talk about that would be a complete departure from what Bill has ever done to me that would be an indication that the crafts are running things and and I don't mind Bill doing that but here's the thing he's got to empower that guy to do it all the way. Like if you're going to do that, then he needs to hire his own staff. Bill needs to tell him you need to bring in a young quarterbacks coach. That's going to learn the ways. So if you get a job, because just imagine, imagine Zach Robinson, who's the quarterbacks coach of the Rams, who's been touched by Sean McVay. And now for one year by Bill Belichick and say, he turns the offense around and they're great. He's as good as gone. He's getting a head coaching job in like 0.2 seconds. So then who's the next guy? That's how they got into this mess because Bill stopped preparing people. So whatever he does, he needs to make sure the succession plan is in place and they're actually moving towards that. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you look at the Kraft Belichick relationship and and how this is going to be handled, it's fascinating, you know, uh, craft. It seems like the, the the Gerard Mayo thing was mostly craft driven. Not to say that Belichick didn't want to keep him, as as Phil Perry has said, another friend of the podcast. You know, as Phil has said in his reporting, this had to go across the desk of Belichick, and you know, yep. this this yep. wasn't like oh willy nilly. Let's just throw this ish out there. But you know, now that you have, I don't want to say promised because it's it's too strong of a word. But now that you've told Mayo, hey, look, you you're going to have a a good opportunity at being the guy after bill. If that's, if that's the conversation that was made, like we're going to give you an opportunity to prove yourself to be that guy. Then what's the conversation with bill O'Brien and can craft kind of help guide Belichick. Does Belichick even want his help to guide this situation or, or does Belichick want to have these conversations with bill O'Brien? This is, this is, I think the difficulty here where, you know, and, and in theory, we have no issue with Kraft getting involved. And at this point, I think it was needed, but now it's okay. You kind of have two cooks in the kitchen with certain things. And then you have Belichick as the only cook in the kitchen for, for a lot of the other stuff. Like how is that communicated? Does Kraft reach out to O'Brien if there's an impasse and say, look, we need you bill Belichick. Like 
it's it's all very fascinating to see how this plays out because this has not been the situation in New England since Belichick's been here day one. Now now Kraft is kind of involved. He's he's not Jerry Jones. He's not quote unquote meddling, but he's involved. He he needs to make sure this team is in good shape for for next season. That's his number one priority to the fan base. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how it comes together. My guess is they'll figure it out. Honestly, I, I don't see Bill O'Brien being mentioned in many other places that that I don't know if that means anything. But usually when somebody's trying to play leverage, you start to see leaks. And I haven't seen anything about O'Brien. Like I, I haven't seen, oh, he might go back to Alabama. I haven't seen, oh, this team's interested in Bill O'Brien. That team's interested in Bill O'Brien. We, we haven't seen a lot of that. So I wonder if that means, O'Brien. Oh, this is kind of in a delicate stage, which is why Tommy feels pretty confident. Um, and look, I, I don't have any inside sources. Greg's the guy with the intel, right? But just being in media for 10 plus years, seeing how these things work, usually if somebody like O'Brien, and O'Brien is a pretty significant name. I mean, he's offensive coordinator at Alabama. We know his history usually you start to see things kind of leak out of like, Oh, this team's looking at him. He's got these interviews. He's got those interviews. I haven't heard a damn thing about Bill O'Brien outside of he's the target for the Patriots. Now, does that mean it's a fait accompli? Greg doesn't think so. At least not right now from what he hears. We'll see if it is a fait accompli. Speaking of those changes, Greg, the, the conversations between Kraft and Belichick, I want to get more into that, but first, Let's uh, remind the people about the wonderful Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for six months and I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my morning routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. It does. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, which will certainly help you people in New England get through these winters, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So I talk about these conversations between Belichick and Kraft and how much Kraft is involved and in you talking about maybe grabbing somebody from the outside. If, if Bill O'Brien and Kaylee aren't the answers and what that would mean, just kind of your thoughts, Greg, about, you know, whether or not we're witnessing a fundamental change within the fabric of this franchise between owner and head coach and how that might impact things moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I'll be interested to see, really, Nick. I mean, <laughs> it's very rare that you get a seventy-year-old man who has been accustomed to doing things his way, especially the last twenty-plus years in New England, and now all of a sudden he's going to really change. He he's become 
he is who he is because he has certain beliefs that have been shaped over time by trial and error and observation and all this stuff. And he has a certain way of, of doing things. Um, you know, all I can tell you is, is this, that the biggest thing is what needs to come out of this is, and, and where I think the disconnect has been certainly this year with the Patriots who, you know, and, and we'll get to this, who I think still should be playing football um, if they did things somewhat right. But I think that Belichick, the reason that Bill could make up for some of the shortcomings on this team is because he had sort of like a head coach offense that sort of directed that. He spent no time, very little time with the offense during the course of a game week or even on game day. And my understanding is this year, which you understood, and it was part of the trepidation about the the alignment that they went with this year, is that um, Bill spent a vast majority of his time on offense with the offense trying to get that figured out and he wasn't as much in on defense and special teams and you can say and and i already hear it now that even like a week after the season everyone's talking about like how good the defense is okay like you know really i mean against a bunch of backups like i I, was it better against the better offenses has it you know it's been the same problem to me going back to the 2019 season where these guys make their living and pump up their stats against teams that aren't good or quarterbacks who aren't good and when push comes to shove they can't do what's needed i mean just look at the giants the giants aren't that great um aren't that great on defense they're not that talented they're not more talented than the patriots yet wink martindale figured out a way to shut down just justin jefferson I thought the Dolphins did a decent job after the you know sort of first touchdown of then shutting Stefan Diggs down. The Patriots don't didn't do that at all this year. They got consistently burned by the top targets where in years past Belichick would have had that all buttoned up. And so, you know, my understanding is like he 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 didn't spend any time as much time with the special teams in defense and look at the end results. So to me, what needs to fundamentally change is Bill needs to get back to being on the defense being with the special teams, coaching that side up as good as possible and having somebody in charge of the offense that that really brings that to another level and takes care of that for him. So let Bill be Bill like he has been over the balance of his career, but he really needs to find that. That's why, you know, O'Brien's the 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 perfect guy for that. Yeah, so we'll see if there is a fundamental change. I, I don't I don't think we want to go too far here with it. Um, my gut and, and honestly, it's just a gut again, based off of the lack of other stuff we're hearing with O'Brien, my gut is that Bill O'Brien will be the next offensive coordinator of the Patriots and that he will be that head coach of that side of the football. And he will likely get, you know, one or two assistants underneath him that, that are his guys. I know, yep. you know, Doug Marone's been thrown out there as possible offensive line coach because he and, and O'Brien have a very close relationship. That would make a lot of sense. But I think that's where we're headed. I think because Tommy has been so strong on this and because we have not seen a lot about Bill O'Brien outside of New England, I feel like there's nobody kind of stepping up and saying, no, this isn't the deal, right? Like if... if well, I think the Patriots, I think the Patriots are hoping that's the deal, um, especially the Crafts. 
and they don't see a whole lot of other options either. Let me ask you this, Greg, though, out of out of respect to the crafts, would O'Brien kind of make that call and go, hey, guys, we're, we're not there yet. Would, would he start to would he start to push back on this narrative? Because, again, there's no the only the only thing out there right now about Bill O'Brien is Patriots. And so it, it does kind of limit the leverage that O'Brien might have with other gigs. Um, so I just wonder, would would O'Brien say, these guys are making it sound like a done deal. I'm still a free agent, baby. Like, I, I can well, go anywhere I want to go. The only way that would happen if, say, Jonathan or Robert reached out to him and asked him. Bill, Bill, Billy, from what I understand, um, and, you know, I, I haven't talked to him in a while, um, but just, you know, I obviously have a relationship from covering him in the past and, and other things, my, the Billy O'Brien that I know, he's very much a chain of command type of guy. Like, you know, so I, and what's interesting, I do know that I think it was last week he was grinding away on Alabama stuff at Alabama. Now that could have just been typical end of the season stuff and not going forward. So I'm just putting that out there. And here's the other thing that I heard from somebody today that I thought was interesting that um, that if if there's pressure being applied to O'Brien to that you know these sort of reports are aimed at um, you know basically pushing it in that direction um, right. you know maybe keeping other teams away from him you know that sort of thing like I don't know that to be true I'm just saying I heard this from someone um, today but I just thought it was. An interesting thought, but I don't think – no, I don't think Bill O'Brien would go around Bill Belichick and go to the crafts and be like, hey, like, you know, I haven't heard X, Y, and Z. If all of a sudden that gets back to Bill, that's not going to be good. That's just not the way O'Brien operates. He's a chain of command guy. Yeah, I was just wondering because as you just said, it it, it does – it does seem strange that like if I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm sitting there going – wait a minute, man. Like this is not, I haven't even heard from bill Belichick yet. And now I'm being talked about, like I'm going to be the offensive coordinator. Like I'm in the building already. Like what the hell's going on? I I, I'm Mm -hmm. looking for a gig and, and you know, what's happening here. Like I need to, I need to have some say in what the hell's going on with my own career in life. So we'll see any news on that, Patricia. Uh, yeah. One interesting nugget I heard this week, um, is that uh, first of all, his Detroit payments are coming to an end. Um, Hmm. So that means he no longer has a contract anywhere. So that means that if he's going to continue on with the Patriots, that he would need a new contract and all that. And uh, I think there is thinking around the building that it's a, it's a possibility. I don't know how strong that he is out altogether. And that might be the best thing for him to go out and, you know, prove himself someplace else. Um, I think there, in my opinion, knowing what I know and, and with each passing week, you hear more and more sort of stuff that went on this season and how dysfunctional it was uh, internally with the offense and the offensive coaching staff. Um, I think if Bill Belichick was really, if he was really took ownership of all this stuff and, and thought about what's the best way forward for this offense it would be to blow both Matt Patricia and Joe Judge out of the building. I think it would it would be a great sign to the players that um, things are going to change. That that that's Bill without saying it, acknowledging I screwed this up big time. 
I put you guys in a bad position. I'm going to get this right. My bad. Without having to say the words, that's what if, if, you know, if you're Mac Jones and you see that and you're just like, okay, here we go. All right. It was a mistake. It's over. Here we go. We're going forward. We're all good, Bill. Here we go. And so I think those are all distinct possibilities. You know, it'll it'll be a, a concern of mine if, if Joe Judge is outside the building, not because I'm like a huge believer in like Joe Judge, but, uh, you know, he did do a good job with special teams and Cam Acord's been a disaster. I hope that doesn't mean that Acord's going to get another bite at the apple for the love of God, because he's been that bad. So we'll see what happens with Patricia and Judge. All right. Some quick thoughts here about the rest of the NFL, Greg. Wild card weekend. What was your big takeaway? My big takeaway was, and hinted at earlier, is that, you know, I'm watching these games and you see, you know, Buffalo isn't like Buffalo last year. Like, and I think we sort of saw that in some of the Patriots matchups, that if they had a little bit more talent, if they had more juice on offense um, and actually could, you know, do more than throw a bunch of screens. And I do think they were more aggressive, which we talked about in the finale against um, against the Bills that if the Patriots were buttoned up more in what they did, if they had, if say, McDaniels was back and Bill was still, you know, on defense, thinking of ways to stop Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and helping the special teams, they blew a huge opportunity to make a run this year. I think the Bills are susceptible. They're not that great on defense. You could figure them out. I think that Josh Allen... You know, really, it's and we talked about this before. I mean, Dawson Knox is good. Cole Beasley is giving them a little bit. Gabe Davis is, you know, okay. But it's really Stefan Diggs. You take Stefan Diggs away from Josh Allen and you keep him, and the Patriots did a great job of this in the last matchup. You limit his running. I think he only averaged like 1.8 yards per carry in the last one against the Patriots, which it seems like they got that figured out. It was a really good rush plan if you were able to shut down stuff on digs and you had a better offense, they could have knocked off the bills this year. The bills aren't that good with their injury woes and things like that at safety cornerbacks been an issue all year with injuries. Um, the, you know, the offensive line is decent, but I don't think it's great. And now the Bengals with their offensive line is a complete disaster. Now that Jonah, yeah. Jonah Williams is probably out for the rest of the playoffs. They've they're, they're terrible across the board now. So they can't, they, they spent the whole second half, in that game against the Ravens, just trying to figure out how to get how quickly to get the ball out of um, Joe Burrow's hand because they know they can't protect anymore. They can't run the ball. They can't protect. So they're susceptible. Yeah, the Chiefs are good, but, you know, you can do some maybe in a one game scenario, you could do something against the Chiefs. But if the Patriots had their stuff together this year on the coaching side, I think they had enough talent to at least win one game. And then you never know. It's a matchup type situation. I wouldn't have ruled out that they could have gone to the AFC championship game this year. But to me, it just shows Belichick completely mangled the season, wasted it for everybody, and just blew a chance for the Patriots to do something significant. My big takeaway was there's just like so many issues with coaching in the league and the mismanagement and the lack of execution and you know, people always talk about, oh, this guy's a great coach. That guy's a great coach. How many truly great coaches are in the league right now? I mean, Mike McDaniel, his his clock management. I mean, what are you doing? You've got guys running into the huddle with 10 seconds left on a fourth and one with the game on the line that gives you a delay of game penalty. You've got 
to use pretty much all of your timeouts because you can't get the play call in time to your quarterback. Who's the third string quarterback. I mean, it, it was a debacle for Miami and it was a debacle for John Harbaugh. Who's been a head coach for 30 years now in Baltimore. Like you run the football, you, you get the ball to JK Dobbins. You get a first down with about a buck. I think a buck Oh eight left on the clock. And you literally waste just 30 seconds sitting around in the huddle when you have two timeouts in your back pocket, and then you come out in the post game and say, Oh, that's because we, we didn't want to leave Joe Burrow anytime, John, you got to score first. Like you've got your backup quarterback in the game. You're at the Cincy 17 yard line. That wasn't a give me situation. Like you've got to handle the clock and make sure your guys are set and ready to score the touchdown or, or to score in the first place before you start worrying about Joe Burrow, getting the football. The first step is to score and you've got timeouts in your back pocket. I mean, just a mess. Kirk Cousins throwing five yards short of the sticks on a fourth and eight with your season on the line. What, what the hell is going on? I mean, it was a dramatic, fun weekend, but there was so much bad coaching and execution, man. It re- I've said it all year long, Greg, and, and you've been with me, and, and, and Brady, who we'll get to in a second, he said this at the beginning of the year when he was asked about parity, and Tom said, like, what I see is just a lot of bad football. Fact. Like, we, we had a lot of bad football this year. Um, and that continued in the first super wild card weekend this past weekend because there was just so much bad coaching and execution. All right, Brady, um, that did not go well on Monday night, Greg. That did not go well at all for Tommy. Um, your thoughts on Brady, is this it for him or or is he coming back? Uh, I think he's coming back. I don't think he's going to go out like that. I, I haven't watched his film much this year, so I don't know where he is. I mean, I there's definitely when you see him now and you saw it on the end, the terrible end zone pick that, you know, he reacts to pressure now way more than he used to, which you get right. with older quarterbacks. And that's the big issue that I think any team that looks at him going forward, you know, what is that? I'm from watching Brady over the balance of his career. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that that's just the accumulation of being behind a line, a bad line all year and taking hits all year and no running game. And just like, you know, look, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to last the season and just bad habits that developed over the course of the season. I think Tom Brady, if you put him behind a good line, give him a running game and give him weapons. I think he's still a really good quarterback, a top 10 quarterback in this league. I don't think what you saw at the end is him. I don't think he'll go out like that. And to me, you know, I hope that uh, I hope that Vegas is a real opportunity for him because I do think, you know, they make a move at, I think they're pretty solid on the offensive line, right guard, right tackle. They have some things, even though Illuminor, surprise, surprise, actually played better as the season went on and was very solid at right tackle. Bars at right guard was kind of a disaster, um, but he's young. So maybe there's upside there that I don't know about. Uh, but Colton Miller's an excellent left tackle. Uh, Dylan Parham had a good rookie season at left guard, a third rounder. And then you have those weapons. You get Brady, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Mac Hollins. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll have more there with Josh Jacobs if they bring him back on franchise tag or what have you. Plus, with McDaniels, having McDaniels run the offense and know exactly what Brady needs and, and game planning that, to me, that's the best situation for everybody involved, but we'll see. Uh, Byron Leftwich was exposed this year as an offensive coordinator without Arians helping him and, and some of his thoughts within the offense. 
you know, I don't know how many times it would run the ball on first down, even though it didn't work over and over and over again this year. First down run, first down run, first down run, first. And uh, there are a lot of issues in Tampa. I, I think Tommy can still play. I think physically he's still there. I think mentally he's still there. I don't think he's going to leave. I agree with you, Greg. I, I don't think that's the last time we see him playing football. He's too competitive of a guy to go out like that. I think he returns and, and the Raiders have made a lot of sense since day one. So, and there have been some, some thought out there that um, Brady won't play in the NFC because of his respect for the Glazers and stuff like that. I don't know if that's true, but if it's, if that's true and he's solely focused on the AFC, then the Raiders make a ton of sense with McDaniels. Uh, before we get to our picks this weekend, bet online. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, we start with the Chiefs, Jags, Chiefs minus eight. Yeah, I... um, I, I like the Jaguars. I like that. I like their, their talent level and I like Peterson as a, as a coach, but, uh, and, and the chiefs are one of these teams that plays down to their opponent. Plus they were off a week. So I could see them starting a little bit slow or lulling at some point. So, you know, I'm looking at that eight number, but I think at the end of the day, uh, I think the chiefs have found, even though they started this season, sort of like, what are they going to do without Tyreek? And what are they? What are we going to do? We have all these different pieces. I think they've really started to hit their stride as far as, far as figuring out how to use their pieces to their advantage. I mean, I think Kadarius Tony is a guy who gets more dangerous by the week, and and you know they have the different running backs, whether it's McKinnon or my guy Pacheco from Rutgers. Um, you know, they they have figured out how to use all those pieces, and it makes the Chiefs. While they don't have the ty- the high-end talent of a Tyreek Hill anymore, they might be even more dangerous now because they can attack you in so many different ways. Yeah, give me the Chiefs minus the eight. Eagles minus seven and a half against the Brian Dable New York Giants. So uh, this is another one of those third-time divisional games, which we saw, you know, with uh, the Ravens and the Bengals. Like, those things tend to be um, a grudge match, uh, even though the Eagles are, you know, much more talented. I just think the combination of uh, Dayball and Wink Martindale on both sides of the ball, um, I think, you know, Kafka – uh, as offensive coordinator, I think those guys know exactly the way they need to play the Eagles. I think they're going to have a great plan for the Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles win, but I think it's going to be close. So I like the Giants to cover. I'm with you. I, I think the Eagles win the game, but NFC East battle, uh, I think the Giants will do enough to keep it close. So I've got the Giants getting the seven and a half. Bills minus five against Cincy. So this is two teams that, you know, I, I are you wish they were at full strength going against each other, and it's um, 
you know, we saw the Bengals before the DeMar Hamlin situation. Um, they look like they were on their way to having their way with the Bills, but I just think this offensive line just changes things. I mean, they have four spots outside of center where steady Teddy Karras is average, you know, maybe a little bit above average, tough guy, good leader, all that stuff. But they're a complete disaster at left tackle, left guard, the rookie Volson. I don't think he's that good. Um, you know, right guard and right tackle are a disaster. I just don't know how, and I don't think the Bills are tremendous on defense without Vaughn Miller there on the edge. If Vaughn Miller was in this game, I'd say the Bills win this game in a route. But I think the Bengals' defense is good. I think I like the Bills in this game, but I think more like three instead of the five. <laughs> yeah, you, you you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I think the bills win the game, but you know, Joe Burrow had a terrible offensive line his rookie year. He played pretty well. He had a bad offensive line last year. He got to the super bowl. Joe Burrow is used to playing with a pretty bad offensive line and still producing. I, I think that, I think since he's offense will give the bills some issues skill position wise. Um, but I still think the bills at home with Josh Allen, you know, Allen will just make one of those alien plays and they'll end up winning. But uh, I would take the Bengals with the five points. And finally Niners Cowboys Niners minus three and a half. You give your thoughts first. Okay. Um, so I think this is all about Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott plays well, the Cowboys have a chance to be within striking distance, and they actually have a chance to win this game if Dak plays as well as he played on Monday night. Um, I don't see that happening against this Niners defense, and this, this defensive line is, is so difficult to deal with, and everybody is focused on Nick Bosa. Uh, they've got several guys. Arik Armstead is no joke. Uh, Charles Abenehu was the best player. Uh, for that Niners defensive line on the field last weekend. You know, Bosa didn't get a pressure last weekend, and they still clamped down on Seattle in the second half. They figured out the running issues with Kenneth Walker and shut him down in the second half. So I think the Niners defense is good enough. Um, you know, Micah Parsons, the only thing, if I'm the Niners, that I would be concerned with is if Micah Parsons, like he did on Monday night, just takes over. And if he makes a couple of impact plays, that can change the game. But I like the Niners to win by at least six points. So I'm going with San Francisco. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for seven months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, I agree with you. I just think that, um, you know, I, 
I think this Brock Purdy thing is going to come to an end at some point in time. I do think the Cowboys are that type of team to do that, you know, especially with their pass rush. I think they have the ability to um, to impact the Niners passing game. But I do think the Cowboys are susceptible to the run. We'll see if Kyle Shanahan sticks with the run. Um, but I just don't think Dak and McCarthy and those guys, I don't think they can, and Dan Quinn, I don't think they could put it all all together to pull uh, a road upset. So I'm going with the Niners uh, probably by like seven to 10 points. All right, let's get to the uh, BSJ member question of the week. We'll call it $39.99 on the annual plan at bostonsportsjournal.com. Get all the latest on all the Boston pro sports teams. You know, the spiel, some great coverage over there with Greg, with the uh, chats that he does also looking at the coaches film again, $39.99 on the annual plan. What's the uh, member question today, Greg? So I'm going through it, and I thought I could easily find one, but there's a lot of people just complaining about Bill Belichick or yelling at me <laughs> for complaining about Bill Belichick. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll we'll go with this. If I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring this up because I brought it up on Failure Mass, but I wanted to bring it here, and we'll do some more um, season review stuff as far as the players and what we think needs to be done. But I just wanted to point out. Um, and I'm sure some people are asking, like, why do you hate Kyle Duggar? I don't hate Kyle Duggar. Okay. Um, I think he's a he's an <laughs> uber talented player that has never changed. Um, I was a little bit disappointed by his season this year. When it came out, my grading, he was sort of in the middle of the pack on the team. Yes, he made big plays, but he gave up just as many big plays, if not more. I mean, you think about the Buffalo games, how many times he lost the the tight end in the end zone. Both games he did that for touchdowns. The fourth down play before halftime against Miami in the season opener, he whiffed on that tackle. That's a touchdown that basically, you know, won the game. And, you know, when I see Kyle Duggar, what I see is Jamie Collins sort of 2.0 where Jamie looks the part. He looks like, and he is a ridiculous athlete. Kyle Duggar looks cool. He's a ridiculous athlete. They make astounding plays here and there where you're just like, holy crap, that guy's good that's amazing but at the end of the day are they consistent enough to be a really good player and i i had those questions about jamie collins the patriots did because they wouldn't pay him now there's also the difference at least jamie collins had the excuse of he was the youngest player in his draft class when the patriots drafted him he was the youngest player in that draft class kyle duggar was 24 when the patriots drafted him he's going to be 27 this coming season his contract yeah. here. Now I'm not saying they shouldn't invest in him. I would love to have Kyle Duggar here. And we've talked about it before where they need to find the Patrick Chung 2.0 role for him and hit the sweet spot. And I think the Patriots have not put him in position um, to be as successful as he can be. But um, you know, I don't think that Kyle Duggar is a great player yet. I think he's a good player. I think he has more of a ceiling. I think he has all pro talent, but I don't think he's near that level yet. And now it's incumbent upon the Patriots going forward to figure out how to get him to that next level so he's not another Jamie Collins, and instead he's Patrick Chung 2.0. OC update from uh, Ian Rappaport just now on the NFL Network. He calls Bill O'Brien a quote-unquote prime candidate for the OC job, but also mentions, and if you were listening to this podcast earlier, which you were if you're listening to it now, Greg had said that from what he had heard, Bill O'Brien was still – in Alabama doing Alabama work. Uh, rap sheet says that uh, O'Brien is currently out recruiting, presumably for Alabama. 
So um, obviously, oh. not, obviously not a done deal just yet. And the uh, rap also, you know, includes uh, Keenan McCardell and, and Nick Cayley uh, saying that O'Brien McCardell and Cayley are the only three names currently linked to the Patriots OC gig. So um, again, I, I still feel like Bill O'Brien will be the guy. Um, we'll see if that comes to fruition or not. That's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Uh, thanks to uh, Bet Online and thanks to AG1 as well. Uh, when news breaks, we will be here to react to it. We'll also uh, fill you in on all the off-season stuff coming up. So until then, be well, be good, and be healthy.